this is a show for rarity seekers out there. This is a show for the people who crave those low population cards and stickers. A show for people who like to turn left when the market's starting to turn right. A show for people who don't want to be told who to buy, because the fun is working it out for yourself. Now let's do this. Cue top loader tapping. Welcome to episode eight of Pop One. This wasn't an episode I actually had planned, but it's something that's been on my mind for a while and events this last week just made it way more topical and potentially more interesting. So I thought, yeah, let's just sit down and record it. I will give my opinion, and but then I'll branch out from that opinion to just sort of try and work out where I might be wrong, where I might be right, and just, yeah, hopefully get something more out of it. Because, yeah, and as the title maybe suggests, it's a little bit ambiguous but yeah it's just it's just about grading so let's say let's let's say psa 9 versus psa 10 other grading companies do exist shout out sgc with their often often more logical black and white color scheme uh yeah it's it's only often because if it's a black card it doesn't pop it's the opposite of letting it pop uh but yeah it's just I, I, don't, I don't know if it was a legit sale, but you might have seen this last week that a David Beckham rookie card sold for it sold for £91,000 in a PSA 10. And then three days later, the same card in a PSA 9 sold for, I think it was, is it even two, £2,000 or £3,000? So yeah, what it, it worked out as the PSA 10 being worth 34 times more than the PSA 9, which... I mean, I started in this hobby on the assumption that the nine was worth half the 10. I quickly then found out maybe it's probably like more like the 10 is worth four times or five times more than the, than the nine. But yeah, I think, I, I don't think there is a one size fits all multiplier, if you will. But I think it is card dependent. But yeah, it just just the whole concept messes with my mind a bit. It just, yeah, it does make it more interesting. But yeah, just some crazy things happening with that. It was also the Cristiano Ronaldo rookie sale. And uh, speaking of Ronaldo's previous episode, I referred to the Brazilian Ronaldo PSV rookie sticker and a PSA 10 as a, as a six-figure sticker. I think I should have said five-figure there. I don't think it's there yet. Although judging by these sales of this last week, it could get there surprisingly quickly. Uh, but yeah, so that was a mistake. Um, but yeah, the Cristiano Ronaldo sale, $200,000 for that PSA 10, which it's just completely ballooned from where it was like even a month ago. But yeah, then you had the Michael Jordan PSA 10s, which also like quadrupled in, in the last month somehow, just crazy things. And, you know, are they legit? Inner conspiracy theorist maybe says, you know, is this the new owner of, of PSA, like buying these just to... Because, yeah, the word PSA is going to be in the news and people are going to be saying, well, why are these worth so much? Oh, they're worth this much because they're PSA 10s. And they say, oh, what's PSA? Oh, maybe I should grade all my stuff with them. But no, that's hopefully not the case. But, yeah, they were just just almost suspicious. They were such crazy sales. But, yeah, anyway, the, the main point being they were PSA 10s, like the cream of the crop. I mean, I know a PSA, let's say a PSA 5, is literally the same card as the as a PSA ten of the same the same card, let's say a Cristiano Ronaldo rookie card, it's literally the same card. Yet it's also not the same card. Like it's it is more rare. 
even though it's the same card. So technically it's not more rare. It's a bit of a mind. Okay, I guess I can swear on this. It's a bit of a mind fuck, isn't it? it but you know what I mean? It's the same card. Yeah, it's it's also apparently not the same card. I guess that, dispen- that depends where you stand on grading as a whole. But no, I get the concept. If not, I don't agree with it. I'm, I'm happy to play the game because, yeah, the benefits are obvious. And, you know, this pod is called Pop One. You know, the PSA 10 is more rare. So, you know, I guess it should be appreciated for, for, for that rarity factor. You know, there are there are less of them out there. And I think that's when I say it depends card by card how much this multiplier is between the 9 and the 10. I think it's pretty much down to that. You know, just how much more rare is the 10? You know, is there like a plateau where there's just hundreds and hundreds of nines, but only like 20 or 30 slip through to the actual 10? And I mean, what is that difference between a nine and a 10? Like that could be, that could be the left-hand border is half a millimeter smaller on, on the nine than it is the 10 on an otherwise identical card. And suddenly it's worth five times more. Uh, the 10's worth five times more. So yeah, this, this is another thing. You have to divide it up. You have to divide it up from the buyer and the seller point of view. And you have to then further divide up that buyer's point of view into another two points of views because you've got the buyer who's the investor and you've got the buyer who is, I guess, a collector who just wants to keep that card for life. Because yeah, let's say I'm a collector. I think as a collector buying a PSA 10 is absolutely illogical and it's madness. But if you're an investor, the way it's looking now, especially buying that PSA 10 is probably the smarter investment because these multipliers seem to be just going up and up and up, especially with these really iconic cards. You know, these these grail cards, I guess, you know, like the like the Michael Jordan rookie and the Cristiano Ronaldo rookie. Yeah, like if you and but that's the point. If you have the money, like I mean, I didn't do it myself, but it I guess I don't know if it still it still takes balls and it does take it does it does take good judgment because yeah thinking back to march when i first bought my first card i mean I, if i if i had 5 grand lying around you know i wasn't saving for a house or saving for a wedding although whisper it uh, i think it is a smarter investment to put money into a card than a wedding it lasts more than one day you didn't hear me say that i was saving for other things i personally couldn't justify buying a cristiano ronaldo rookie card at the start i mean maybe that's just me making excuses maybe i just wouldn't have had the balls anyway even if i did have the funds but balls come with funds and yeah i think what a potential lesson from these last few weeks is it may be just stating the obvious and it's not just card related it's kind of a life thing i guess those who are rich enough to take the risks are going to get the biggest biggest rewards you know it's not necessarily just down to knowledge or insight it's just it's just having the money to buy those PSA 10s in the first place. Cause yeah, having the, whatever the Cristiano Ronaldo was two grand back when I first got into this hobby, Messi was, I think it was about the same, even though Messi then became double the Cristiano Ronaldo, but now Cristiano Ronaldo has gone four times higher than Messi's last sale. So does that mean Messi sells next week for $400,000? Like what's going to happen? <laughs> 
Hey, how you doing, kid? This is Tony Toploader just quickly sliding in to just correct something on behalf of this clumsy fool, UK Baller Cards. So, he said the Cristiano Ronaldo at 200k sold for four times the latest Lionel Messi PSA 10 sale. That is absolute baloney. It was only double. So, yeah, me, me personally, I think Messi should, his card should be worth a bit more than Ronaldo's. But, yeah, if not double, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen next week now. And and is this going to trickle down to all the Cristiano Ronaldo PSA 9s? Be interesting how that plays out. But yeah, just the whole concept. So yeah, like I've said, divide it up, buyer, seller. From the seller's point of view, obviously you want the PSA 10. And seller's point of view, that probably includes graders, people grading the cards themselves. Again, obviously you want the 10, ideally because it will sell for the most money, even if you don't want to sell it. It's just having that option if you do need to sell it or want to sell it five years down the line, you know, things, you know, your point of view on that card might change or you want to just, you, I don't know, you go off cards, you want to put money into something else, you might end up selling it. So yeah, obviously you want the tens, but yeah, but yeah, long story short, the rich can get richer and those who aren't rich just yeah can't afford to take these risks and yeah that's probably just probably older wiser people listening to this well hopefully anyway who are just thinking well yeah welcome welcome to the world welcome to the world Doug that that's how it works but yeah what was I talking about so yeah me me personally I, I do think it is crazy as a buyer to buy a, to buy a PSA 10 and I find it really really hard to justify is 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 and it is too simplistic to say is the PSA 10 four times better a card than the PSA 9 it is way too simplistic to say that but it's also true if you're having to spend four times as much money on it like is it going to make you four times four times happier as a collector definitely not like absolutely not as an investor if you can then sell it on for four times more or even more than four times more, then yeah, it would make you more happy. But yeah, this is where this debate is. It's simultaneously impossible to answer, but yeah, hopefully I guess more interesting and just more layers to it, more deep, hopefully just more of a discussion point. See, ideally there'd be more voices discussing this, not just me, but yeah, hopefully I'm sort of just triggering thoughts in my own head and just other people as well, where you stand on it, what should the multiplier be? Because in, in my opinion, again, I don't want to just give my opinions, but as a starting point, I think it should be at most, the PSA 10 should be worth double the PSA 9, at most. Because it is almost an identical card, especially when, when we're talking about PSA, there is no 9.5. So it's not like there's that sort of slightly smoother incremental transition between the the 9 the 9.5 and the 10 you know it could be such a such a minor difference that makes it flip one way one way or the other and you're talking let's say you're grading it itself you're talking about selling on for five times more money if it falls into that 10 instead of the 9 which is i don't think it's logical i, I don't think it's right i don't set the rules again i would i would love to talk to someone who's been in this hobby for 20 years or just ever since these grading companies popped up, I think maybe Beckett popped up first. I'm not sure, 
but yeah that would be something to ask someone who's been in this hobby for let's say just yeah 20 years plus you know ha what has this multiplier been sort of through the years you know is the current multiplier has it expanded to the current level or has it retracted or has it just stayed about the same because yeah if it had stayed about the same these last 20 years then you can probably guess that in 20 years time it is going to be roughly the same too but no if it's expanding then you know you could argue the smarter investments are these psa 10s and that's another thing if this money flooding into the hobby now is from these i don't know the term for them but uh what's the term you know these they're not they're not necessarily people they're sort of groups of just investment funds i, I, I don't know the term it's something annoyingly obvious institutional money numbnuts institutional money but yeah if that if it is those sort of groups who for that reason will have crazy funds to play with and yet they're probably going to only want the tens because they are locking in then the best possible cards of these iconic rookie cards let's say at the moment the lebrons the jordans the messi the ronaldo you know they're probably they're probably not even going to look at the nines so yeah suddenly is does that mean the nines going to drop away even more you could, you could argue yes so again the rich could just be getting richer because yeah as i've said i, th I think the i think the multiplier should be 2x at most 2x fair enough give or take a tiny bit depending on how much rarer the 10 is of the nine when you then factor you know if you look at pop counts etc yeah double at max so another podcast shout out to this guy actually it's, it's not even the podcast it's this one specific guy and i say most people listen to this probably haven't even heard of him because he's, he's not really a soccer guy he, his name's coleman cards you'll find him on instagram but he his analogy was the PSA 10 is like owning a, it's like owning a Ferrari. So I really like this analogy. It's like owning a Ferrari. And part of it is just to be seen having the Ferrari for it. For example, that that Ferrari isn't five times better than a car and pretty much an almost identically good sports car, which costs five times less. You know, it's kind of a stupid purchase or not a stupid purchase. It's like, um, but it's just it's a bit of a reckless purchase arguably in terms of value for money so another an, an analogy i would use personally is like my my phone i have at the moment costs five times less than the latest iphone there's no way it's five times inferior as a phone like i, I can't judge against the iphone i've never ha held it in my hand and seen what it can do but i'd be shocked if it's and i know you can't quantify these things but i wouldn't say it's even half as good a phone yeah, it costs five times less. So yeah, it's, it's almost like a brand. But yeah, it's, if, if owning a PSA 10 is like having that Ferrari, I mean, some people would love to have a Ferrari. But yeah, in terms of value for money, I just think it's absolutely nonsensical is it, from, a, from a collector's point of view. But I completely get it. And not just get it, I'm repeating myself here, it's probably the better investment, if you can afford it, from an investor point of view which is yeah which is great if you've got the money but these are okay i guess i don't want to just rule out everyone who doesn't have the money out of this you know the, the this fleer 86 michael jordan or this cristiano ronaldo rookie card these cards which are now iconic and grail cards they start as 
you know, they don't always start like this, you know, okay, Messi and Ronaldo were already world beaters in their late teens, pretty much, you know, they didn't sort of, they didn't need a few years, five, six years to really become best players in the world at the time. Maybe they needed those sort of four or five years to become best players ever candidates, but, but no, the secret was out of the bag pretty quickly with them. But again, they're probably not a good example because football collectibles back then was a completely different world to now as as the cards that were available back then show like i've made a point on stories in the last week like can you imagine if in 2003 they had tops chrome like can you imagine a or if they had a what was their first world cup so yeah if they had prism for the 2006 world cup like can you imagine messi and ronaldo's gold out of 10 parallels if they're graded a psa 10 you know, people love first prism. It's something that whether you agree with it not or not, you've got to play the game as well. And you've got to respect when something is the case, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, just first prism, first World Cup, first, second or th- third year maximum cards for them. Like these could be, these would be six figure cards, surely. But yeah, geez, these, yeah. If they if they're, imagine there was a rookie year, so a true rookie year, Lionel Messi, Topps Chrome, Superfractor. So the one of one, Topps Chrome, and it graded, it wouldn't even need to grade a 10, but let's say it did grade a 10 as well. Like that's surely a million, that's a million pound card or a whatever thousand dollars, $1.3 million. Like surely, I mean, if the, cause yeah, these mega cracks, they're just base cards. But yeah, anyway, that that's a different debate. But yeah, or a, missed opportunity but no the point there was it football cards were a different world in the mid 2000s than they are now because yeah now if you if you want a prism if you want a prism of the big rookies now you've got you've got to pay big right from the start but there's still going to be the opportunity in relative terms to get on these guys early and yeah if they do go on to be the ronaldo the michael jordan the lionel messi the wayne gretzky then yeah, you you can get the PSA 10 for, let's say, what turns out to be PSA 9 prices. You've just got to have the foresight or the the skill, the luck. You know, it can just be luck. You could be, you buy, manage to get hold of one hobby box and boom, there it comes out of one of the packs, one of these really cool sort of short print cards. But yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut it there. Just, just my... I mean, what what have I, I haven't come to an answer here, but yeah, I just want to sh- share my personal struggle over the PSA 9, or I should just say the 9 and the 10, and how, yeah, you do have to divide it up between the buyer and the seller or the personal grader, and you then have to further divide it up between the investor and the collector. And yeah, we're not all investor or collector. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I'm a bit of both. As much as I'd love to keep a lot of things for life, I would like to know that they're they you know going up in value at the same time as well. Why not? It's a nice bonus. It's to be honest, it's yeah, it's something I look for in every buy. I look for something I like and something I think will go up in price. And yeah, that's the ideal scenario, the ideal sort of the perfect hat trick of things to happen. Hat trick is three things. Let's throw in. It looks nice. It's worth a lot, and it's a player I like. But yeah, that's my thoughts. Hopefully it's something a little bit different to listen to. 
Uh, and yeah, take it easy, everyone. See you next time. I'll tell you what, I'm going to throw in a li little bonus analogy. Anyone who got this far, here's your treat in inverted commas. I'll tell you what, if you don't play poker or you don't enjoy poker, just turn off the episode now. This is an analogy for, yeah, the rich guy, the rich guy in sports cards, so soccer cards specifically, is like the big stack on the poker table. And I guess specifically tournaments in poker. So yeah, you'll know if you've been the, if you've been that big stack, it's amazing. You can sort of pay to see, if not every flop, you can pay to see loads and loads of flops. And obviously the more flops you see, the more chance you have of completing good hands, you know, filling out straights, you know, not just the flop. You can pay to see that extra card. It's just easier for you. But yeah, let's say there's let's say there's what a five-person table, there's one big stack and four small stacks. Let's say the big stack has 10 times as many chips as the four little stacks. Um, so yeah, those four little stacks, let's say flip side of seeing flops, let's say, let's say the flop's already out, everyone's in the hand, the big stack didn't decide to bully them off the pot before the blind. Essentially, give them the choice, you put your whole tournament on the line and goal in with these two starting cards, or you just fold and wait for something better. Let's say they're, yeah, they've all seen the flop, and you get that sense sometimes when playing poker. It's just a sense. You don't know it's true. You can't see their cards, but you just sense that no one has anything. But so what you do when you, you get that sense yourself is you try and bluff everyone else off, off the pot. Because at that point, it doesn't matter what you have. It's just knowing that they don't have anything. And if they don't know you know that or you think that and try and re-raise you, then it gets all messy and crazy. What you do is you just put a little raise out, get the pot over over with there, and then just take the blinds. You're not going to win much, but you're going to win. You know, you're going to win something. Uh, but yeah, if you, if you're one of these, if you're one of these tiny chip stacks, what your raise would be at that point is like a tiny, tiny portion of the big chip stacks chip. So he can just he can afford to he can afford to call it, wait for the turn, try and try and hit the straight he was on or just just try and hit runner runner two pair just try and get lucky because yeah you basically you can't bluff them out of pots they can if not bully you yeah they can run you out of hand so let's say let's say a hand is like an auction on one of these big psa 10s you know they they can just bully you off it or or let's say let's say paying to see a flop is like investing in one of these psa 10 rookie cards like they can just afford to see all these flops. And then the more they have, the more they're sort of getting in on, the more they're going to, you know, the more they're going to strike gold. But yeah, and yeah, you, you, you can't make plays as the small stack. Or another soccer card poker analogy and why I specifically mentioned tournaments is rebuys in poker tournaments. So yeah, the, the rich guy can rebuy. If he, if he goes out, if he makes a terrible decision, let's say wrongly guesses another guy's bluffing or overestimates the strength of his hand or gets caught bluffing himself, busts out the tournament, boom, just rebuy back into it. And what would the comparison be there in cards? That would be like spending 10 grand on a Freddie Adu rookie card. Freddie Adu, if you don't know, was this 
massively hyped up teenager who's just been a complete and utter bust. That 10 grand card would probably be worth, you know, just the grading fee now, sort of $10, $20. And yeah, that guy, that would, the average Joe, that would cripple them. That's them out of the hobby as well as out of the tournament. But no, this rich person can just rebuy back in, just go and spend another 10 grand on, on another uh, PSA 10. But yeah, look, that Freddie Adu is not a good comparison. If I'm talking about, let's say, Cristiano Ronaldo rookie cards, you know, like Messi, his legacy is set in stone. If not, he hasn't literally retired. His legacy is effectively retired. It's completely set. All he can really do is add to it with a World Cup win like Messi. Uh, yeah, so they are like the LeBron, the LeBron James of soccer. Not quite retired, but they're only going to be adding to their legacies, not you know, the legacy is not going down at all. Well, on on pitch stuff anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want this to come across like I'm sort of saying only rich people have these grail cards because that's not the case. And it, it's brilliant that it's not the case. You know, there's a lot of people who had the foresight years ago to get on these cards, maybe when they're only three figures, maybe when they were raw and they've graded them themselves. They put the hard work in. They've had the skill to recognize what which ones might grade well. They've they've put the hustle in to find the boxes of unopened product where these where you would have found these rookie cards. You know this Portuguese mega cracks what was it two thousand and three edition unopened box, which then gives yourself getting which on paper gives yourself the best chance of finding a a a, a copy that's going to grade really well. You know it's going to be packed fresh literally pack fresh uh but yeah that, that's that's the funny thing as well like i say the reason i couldn't justify at cristiano ronaldo it would have been a psa 9 at the time the start of the year when i first got in the hobby was i was saving for a house well if i went in on the card i'd i'd have more money to put down on a deposit for a house so yeah <laughs> See, I, I don't think it's just hindsight but yeah it, it does work both ways but yeah Luckily, research will always play a part. Foresight, gut instinct will always play a part. But yeah, to go back to poker as well, you could, you could bust out of a tournament with with the best hand when you went all in. It's just someone gets really lucky on the river. That could be like a player getting a horrible injury. And that's, I'm trying to think of a football uh, a footballer who was like a really an amazing young player who got an injury and, I'm trying to think, but it would be like Derek Rose, the basketball player who I think he was the youngest player to win an MVP, but then injury struck or Penny Hardaway is another example there. He looked destined for the top and just fizzled out because of injuries. But yeah, let's say, let's say Brazilian Ronaldo never came back from his first Inter Milan injury. He would still be well remembered for justifiably, but you know, he wouldn't have that World Cup wouldn't have that third Ballon d'Or at the third different club. It just would have tainted him a lot. So yeah, I guess, yeah. Little poker analogy there. Just hopefully a slightly more interesting twist put on the end of the podcast. But yeah, for myself and Tony Toploader helping me out. Yeah, I'll leave it there.